Thank you for tuning in to the PropTech Revolution with Johan and Simon. Through this podcast series, we will seek to better inform our listeners about the latest and greatest as it relates to IoT in the built environment. If there is a subject you would appreciate us touching upon, please don't hesitate to reach out and we will do our very best to give you our two cents. On today's episode, Johan and I will discuss batteries in IoT devices, the types you can find, and their impact. Johan, given that you're the subject matter expert, what kind of limitations do IoT devices have as it relates to batteries? Thanks, Simon. Certainly. So, I mean, we've touched on this before. Um, generally, when you look at an IoT device um, that is not permanently powered, you, you have to have some sort of energy source. Um, and to comprise a, a entire IoT device for, for long durations um, that's self-sustained, you need an energy source. But that energy source is often the limitation as to how big or small a device can be. So when you, when you look at an IoT device and you ask, can it be smaller, the likelihood is, is that the, the battery was sized in such a way that to make sure that you get the practical battery life out of the device before the, you need to cycle the battery's life or the cycle the batteries. So always keep that in mind. And that's often the, the limitation with regards to the, the form factor of IoT devices. Right. So what you're saying is basically, sure, we can make smaller products. Uh, that doesn't matter. Right. But um, to the expense of what? In this case, it's battery life. So, yeah, no problem. We'll make it small. But by the way, it's only going to last you six months uh, in the field or, you know, three months or whatever that could be. And so by just increasing the size a little, um, you can help get get a better um, life cycle uh, around the product. Is that what I'm hearing, right? Correct. Now, there's, there's other uh, mitigating factors as well that'll that'll... Um, influence that decision. Um, it's something we'll touch on, um, but in brief, it's the the form factor of the actual battery. Um, if you imagine to yourself, if you make a, a cell phone, for instance, every single model of cell phone that comes out has a brand new battery and a brand new design, and it's unique to that model number. So only that company can benefit from the economies of scale when mass producing. But when you look at an IoT device, um, if you use a standard size battery, for instance, you know, I'm talking about the physical characteristics of the battery, using a battery that's used in commonplace every day, you get the benefits of the economies of scale with regards to that battery's manufacturing price instead of going over a very custom-shaped and sized battery. Now, obviously, the, yeah. the chemistry inside the battery is a different topic, which we'll touch on, but just the the shape of the battery might also be a, a factor as to how this device looks and and size wise. Right, that's that's interesting. See, I didn't know that. That's um, that's news to me. So, I mean, what um, can you tell us? What type of batteries and, and what what are the differences and and so on? Sure. So, um, in today's world, the the prop primary batteries that you'll encounter most likely on a day-to-day -day basis is um, alkaline batteries, which every person by now, it's called a double A battery, um, in some parts of the world is referred to as a pen light battery. Um, it's 
it's most used in most consumer grade electronics remote controls flashlights and that battery in its shape and in its size and in its voltage is by far the most common and most used battery worldwide um, and some characteristics of that battery type is is it's a 1.5 volt battery um, generally they've got about 2400 milliamps um, of energy built into them now when you want to run something of in the iot realm um, most of the sensors and and microcontrollers and electronics that you would use for an iot sensor is generally powered by a 3.6 volt um, system so if you do a bit of math you can see that you would need at least uh, two alkaline batteries in series to get to three volts and then if you want to be above the 3.6 volts you have to run three of them in series so okay. you run three batteries in series you get to 4.5 volts in at 2400 milliamps and there you've got a system that can run consumer grade batteries but at the limitation of 2400 milliamps and if you notice that now I'm talking about three batteries to get to a, a common or a nominal voltage that most of these systems run on there right there is your size limitation you've got now three batteries that you have to accommodate in your form factor of your product so mm -hmm. what we did um, with the connected sensors products is we've actually upscaled that a bit although the the consumer grade batteries is great they do have their limitations so we've opted for a battery that has a chemistry called lithium thylenol chloride which is seen as a primary cell or a um, well all of them are primary cells but as an industrial grade battery a single cell is 3.6 volts at 2400 milliamps milliamps um, and because they're already at the right nominal voltage you can put three of those cells in the same volumetric space as what you did with the 1.5 volt pen lights. So all of a sudden you get 7,200 milliamps at 3.6 volts instead of 2,400, which is three times the amount of power um, in the same form factor. And that's uh, mostly due to the, the actual chemistry. Lithium is an extremely light metal and it's extremely energy dense. So it stores a lot more power for the same amount of volume space kept. Now, they are a bit more expensive, but what offsets that is actually absorbing these batteries into your products in the very familiar AA double cell form, form factor. Just a note to the listeners of this podcast, do not buy those batteries and think they'll make your remote control last a lot longer. They will actually burn them out. <laughs> right, 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 right. The it's important the right. that you... <laughs> Note to self is use the right batteries for the right product, not uh, nothing else. Uh, make sure you check what that product requires before you put batteries in exactly. it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, that's the last thing we would want anyone to do is uh, is put lithium batteries in, in a product that should should be taken, you know, the, the alkaline, the typical alkaline Correct. batteries. So well, thanks for sharing. I mean, pleasure. The the. But it's it's well worth noting that these sort of lithium batteries comes in all shapes and sizes and when we say lithium most people immediately think of a rechargeable battery because that's what they know in their phones this type of lithium battery is not a rechargeable battery it's a single use only battery and often the single use batteries has got up to double the amount of capacity that they can carry versus a rechargeable battery so 
just keep in mind there's a difference between a lithium rechargeable battery and a primary cell lithium battery used most mostly in IoT products. And they come in all shapes and sizes, coin cells, round cells, cylindrical cells, flat pack, ultra thin batteries which they use for animal trackers and all sorts of things. And there's always a balance that you have to find between what form factor your application can allow and what battery life is practical to your use case. It takes a lot of, uh, of, of thinking, it takes a lot of, of uh, yeah, thought process and, and um, to understand how the product will be used, what it requires, how much, I'll call it horsepower, but how much energy the, pro the product will need, um, and what will be most desirable for the client. Because at the end of the day, um, there's some products that it's good enough to have alkaline batteries. Others, you're gonna wanna upgrade to the lithium type of batteries that, that you're referring to. And it's, it's really just a matter of figuring out, okay, who am I selling to? What does the client need? What does the client want? And have I made that, am I, is it the sweet spot? Is this the optimal point? Um, for, for both the client and the vendor to, to, to sell a product that is one, meets the requirements, but two, meets the price point as well, right? So there's the technical requirements and then there's a the price point because, um, you know, those, those, uh, those 3.6 volt batteries take, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a cost associated to those. Exactly. But, but when you, you factor in, in our case, the amount of products that would need battery replacements and the, the you know how often that would happen versus uh you know having 3.6 volt batteries that are going to last you a very long time in the field um that's where you start to go hmm it might make a lot make a lot of sense to spend a little more up front and get the best value out of the product and on the back end you'll just you know you're going to save on human resources and, you know, management of, of resources and so on. And um, that's, that's very, very beneficial. And then the... So maybe you... Mm. Sorry, go ahead, Johan. Well, I mean, the last um, consideration that you need to take into account with these sort of batteries and, I mean, in, in extreme climates um, that Canada can sometimes experience, especially in the wintertime, um, is the extreme cold. Now... Right. Um, for anybody that, that had a bit of experience camping in the winter and trying to take their flashlight out um, or torch out in the middle of the night in minus temperatures, the alkaline batteries don't seem to work. And that's because alkaline batteries generally has a cutoff point of minus 5 or minus 10 degrees, where your lithium batteries has got a cutoff voltage um, closer to minus 40, minus 55. Um, and therefore you can predict that these batteries performance will be or what these batteries performance will be in those sort of extreme environments um, again just a clarification there this is for primary cell lithiums rechargeable lithium suffers from the same issues as alkaline batteries right and you know um, that's another you know it goes back to the use case and what the client needs um, you know some products need to to be to be out in the field and in the great outdoors and minus 40 is not unusual in Canada as you know so you, you want to make sure that that product's gonna still communicate still uh, still do what it's supposed to do 
and um, and again, you don't really have a choice, as you mentioned. You don't have a choice between alkali and lithium. You gotta you gotta spend the extra couple bucks to uh, to work with lithium batteries in this case. Agreed. I mean, the the reality of it is is to to leverage all the benefits of these different systems and things. You you really need to have the flexibility when it comes to the the product that that you can source for your for your use case. I mean, we've worked with one point five volts. We worked with three point six volts, and both of them def definitely have their advantages. I mean, it's if a site is is a thousand miles away. It's easy to tell um, the owner that your batteries are, are depleted. Please go to the shop and buy three new batteries. And in that sense, the 1.5 volt battery makes sense. Um, but if you have to do that every two years, the owner starts getting annoyed because they have to replace batteries every three years or every two years. And it's just more the hassle of doing it than it is the actual cost of it. Whereas if you spend a bit more money up front on the lithium batteries and you maybe have to bother the owner or the maintenance keeper of that um, building every 5, 10, 15 years, it starts paying for itself and making a bit more sense. Um, you, have to, you have to appreciate that it's not always about just replacing the battery. It is the risk and the concern of the person replacing the batteries, whether they've installed the device correctly again, whether they've sealed correctly again. Mm -hmm. that they leave it in the same way they found it. So there's added risks of just a simple task of replacing batteries. Yeah, yeah, it's um, agreed. And uh, it's not a, everyone thinks it's easy. Everyone thinks it's simple. And, and really it is, but when you start doing hundreds of, of them, that's when mistakes start to happen and that can be costly. Yeah. So you... Um, yeah, the, the less you can touch the product, the better it is for everyone. Agreed. Well, folks, thanks for tuning in to the PropTech Revolution. This wraps it up for us today with another episode with Johan and Simon. If you find our topics interesting and you wish to discuss them with us privately, you can reach us at one eight five five proptech That's 1-855-P-R-O-P-T-E-K. Thank you.